Hello everyone and welcome to episode 188 of the Fun With Cars Formula One podcast for coverage of the Unitied Stati's I all these different countries. I never understand how to pronounce them. Anyway, it's the it's the it, it the USGP. That's we'll how just, we normally we'll go know. Ahead it. And abbreviate it. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh it's from Eustin Texas. Hmm. Sounds like never an, heard of that. An place. exotic place. It is I I I hear very many things are quite exotic about it. However, they only have one star. Hmm. 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 Yes. Who are you? I am Robin Warner. And I know I, that part. And I am Jim Lau. And it is great to have Formula One back in the U.S. And uh, to be able to watch it on a nice, reasonable time zone. It's actually kind of strangely late in the day for us to be recording a show. Right. Uh, we've gotten used to the uh, the morning schedules. but Like the sun's been out for hours. Right. It's actually kind of going away at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Which, so, it's kind of funny. Like, remember the time, like, when we first started doing this, the first year or two, it was pretty late in the night that we would actually get around to podcasting. Yeah, if you look at the uh, episode post dates and times from some of the early shows, the first year or two, three, I mean, it's been a while now, um, you would see some, you know, two something in the morning, some, you know, one something in the morning, three something in the morning, or yeah. noon the next day because, you know, it would be so late and you'd stay over and then go to work and then we'd have to work on it the next day. Right. It's, yeah, uh, it's been it's been some things. So uh, now that we're old men, uh, we, we have a, you know, normal uh, schedule to it. And I'm still younger than one of the Formula One drivers. There you go. Uh, but the big thing, of course, from the weekend is Lewis Hamilton is the 2015 World Driver Champion. So, yeah. well done to Mr. Hamilton. Crazy, actually, because there's three races to go yet. And now he is more than 75 points clear of everyone. You know, they should do something about that. Maybe for the last race, like, make it worth, like, more points. Oh, yeah, I was thinking better. about it. something simple, though, like, just double it. Or I, I was thinking triple, actually, would be better. <laughs> That's, yeah, actually, what I was thinking is you don't really earn any points until the last race of the season. Like, it's uh, just... It's just an entertainment exhibition type of thing. Oh, like and a then preseason. The, right. And mm. then the last race is like all the points. That would keep people watching till the last race. I think so. From the last race. From no, the beginning. But it is, uh, it, you know, it's, it's kind of funny looking at the results table. If you did not watch uh, any of the coverage, not even the race, but the whole weekend, you'd see Lewis Hamilton on top and Nico Rosberg in second and be like, oh, okay, you know, Mercedes won two. Pretty yeah. typical. But, of course, uh, this was a chaotic weekend uh, where we had... Free practice one was run, and it was very wet. Free practice two was was not run. Practice three was, and then qualifying was delayed from Saturday until Sunday morning. Um, but even then, the weather kept getting worse, and they didn't run Q3. So the grid was actually set by times from Q2, uh, well, Q1 for the bottom uh, you know, bottom end of the grid, um, and then Q2 for the rest. It was all just kind of this, you know, what's going to happen with the weather? Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? Um, you know, several, uh, all kinds of incidents. I mean, people spinning and people losing front wings and people getting stuck in gravel traps and all that kind of stuff before we even got to the race. So then, here's the thing, right? Yeah. Like, we're going to Mexico in a week. Well, but, we aren't. But well, the Formula One Circus is going to Mexico in a week. And someone that wanted to be there ahead of time to spoil the party was Hurricane Patricia. And that brought quite a bit of weather to Mexico and it was a very big system that absolutely affected the middle of Texas where Austin is and so Formula One got this big dose of you know adjacent to a hurricane weather 
during the weekend. Yes. And, yeah, so that, that meant quite a bit of rain on the ground. And it has to be said that this is a huge testament to the amount, the amount of work they did on the drainage system of the track because it was remarkable how quickly, not that it was dry, but that it was able, that it was dry enough that they weren't worried about hydroplaning everywhere and that they could run sessions, including the race itself. Yeah, and it's uh, one you know bonus of having some elevation change in the track is that the water kind of has somewhere to go. Um, but like you said, yeah, just the drainage and the actual plumbing and storm drains and all that. Um, you know, this is of course the first wet running we've had for Formula One at Circuit of the Americas, uh, and it I think has been a pretty dry year in Texas. So this was sort of like you say because of this hurricane storm system and kind of out of nowhere, but I think welcome rain for uh, for mid Texas. Uh, but that's, you know, not something that, you know, a month ago people would have predicted, oh, yeah, Formula One in Texas, whatever. You know, that's traditionally been dry. Uh, not super hot because it's pretty late in the year here now. You know, we're, we're deep into fall uh, in terms of the time, uh, you know, seasons. But um, even this weekend, you know, the highs, it was getting up to like 60 degrees F. You know, it's not like it was hot as soon as the rain went, you know, right. the clouds went away. It was like properly cool, definitely raining. So uh, for any of our any of our listeners that were at the race, uh, you know, good on you for sticking through, uh, you know, dealing with it in person because it was all well and good for us to watch and see the rain delay and says, oh, it's going to be delayed another half hour uh, sitting in the comfort of our living rooms. But uh, to be out there, man, there's some troopers out there. So uh, it's yeah. cool to be able to, um, you know, see it live and have it happen. And as I understand, once qualifying was called off, you know, they let everybody get down to the pit lane and uh, get, you know, autographs and pictures with people and all that. They were like, hey, we can't run the cars, but we might as well do something for the fans. So that would seem cool of, of Formula that, One. That was a good move. But I don't know. Normally there's a lot of other racing and other, other support races and things, uh, Ferrari Challenge and Porsche Super Cup and other things that happened during a, a Grand Prix weekend, which I have to imagine a lot of those were either mixed around uh, or canceled entirely or whatever. Uh, so, you know, it's... I don't know how, if I guess the Elton John concert is probably going on like right now, but, uh, you know, whatever. Well, he's the headliner. So I yeah, imagine the, maybe the concert itself has started, but yeah, that, that's a, that's a detail that isn't. <laughs> but either way, it, it mixed up the whole weekend. Yeah. And then, but for the actual race, we had pretty reasonable weather. I mean, it started out wet. Uh, the track was wet, but not really raining and then just continued to dry out from there. So we had that, the, the classic, uh, you know, who's going to go on to wet, uh, or uh, dry with the tires first. And then is that going to work? And that was Botas and no, it did not work. Uh, but well, you could say for Botas that when it rains, it pours. Hey, uh? you could say that. Uh? <laughs> and you did over dramatic. Huh? Yep. I yeah. I I thought of that like three minutes ago, and I was desperate to just use waiting it. to get that. Okay. Yeah, because I you know I think it's a really clever line. I don't know if anyone's heard that before. Um, it was a big weekend, uh, crazy weekend, a lot going on, and it did ultimately decide the drivers' world championship. But uh, I kind of want to jump into right off the bat. Your thoughts on Nico Rosberg and this whole thing? Oh, man. Okay. Well, uh, I'm, I'm going out of chronolo- chronological order here. Sure. So, I, I, you know, to, I guess, fill in the, the details a little bit, you know, he was uh, on pole position. And it, like we said, because without Q3, it was sort of a, uh, you know, he, he was on, on top in Q2. And then it's like, oh, the session's not going to happen. So I guess I'm on pole. Okay, great. Um, you know, so I don't know that Lewis had a real solid shot at uh, a, a pole run. But whatever, Lou, uh, you know, Nico did make it on pole position legitimately, and he was there. Uh, and then, uh, you know, had lost it in turn one, uh, basically with this super super close move, um, and uh, you know was was pushed outside. And 
then sort of spent the time, you know, catching up, but then uh, through tire strategy. Well, pushed and, outside, not just out of pole position. He ended up being fourth or fifth right, after that move. Right, uh, with, uh, yeah, the Red Bulls that were right there getting through. But uh, so he was sort of on the back foot for the race, but then, you know, got caught back up. And then with the way the cycle through and, uh, it's, you know, Hamilton's pit stop and all that, um, was in front, was in the lead. Uh, and then this, you know, fast forward quite a while. Um, and he's just out on his own and out in front, and Lewis is behind him, but not super, super close. Oh, three or four seconds back. You know, out of DRS range and, you know, behind him and maybe applying some kind of pressure, but not crazy. Um, and just gets a little eager on the throttle, I guess you could say, uh, you know, mid-corner and coming out of a corner and, uh, and you know, loops it around. Uh, does not... Uh, you know, doesn't doesn't bend the car. I mean, that that would he would have been super upset if he had, if he you know hit the wall and you know messed up the whole car and yeah, whatever. That'd be uh, bad. But it was just enough of a spin that Lewis easily got through. And I can imagine from that moment until still probably now, um, Nico just being super pissed and super upset, mostly probably with himself. I mean, of course, it's going to come out well, with Lewis. Outwardly, outwardly, he's not upset with himself. Inwardly, given time, I think you're exactly right. But right now, he's just saying, oh, man, this teammate is just screwing me left and right. And, you know, Rosberg might even think that Lewis put him in the circumstances to make that mistake. You know, I don't know exactly. But the fact of the matter is, is that he was in he was leading the race, mm-hmm. the way everything unfolded. He was on his own. In Formula One terms, had no pressure whatsoever. Being three or four seconds ahead of everyone is light years, right? Oh, oh, no, we can't use light <laughs> years. It, it's but it's a very comfortable, very comfortable uh, time. And he just uh, he just botched it. However, he's I think more than anything, it's just a season of just bad blood being built up. That the whole reality of his teammate. Kind of pushing him off at the first lap, turn one, and just the way everything fell apart. He just couldn't take it anymore. Oh, so now this guy's three-time world champion. Everyone's uh, comparing him to to Senna. And Jackie Stewart. And, and Jackie yeah. Stewart. And uh, 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 the Austrian uh, non-executive tra- chairman. Nikki, Nikki Lauda. That is Nikki Lauda. And I get this stupid hat, and I'm done with it. And he's throwing a hat at me. <laughs> And you know, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen between them, and I don't know how this relationship's going to continue on for the rest of the season, and indeed into next year. But this was a particularly stinging moment for Rosberg, and he just couldn't take it anymore. And I will add to that: on the podium, he did what I thought was a really classy move, um, and I think it was ultimately out of spite that. He handed his champagne to Patty Lowe, who was the uh, constructor representative on the podium for Mercedes. Right. And Patty Lowe just grabbed it and ran with it and sprayed Lewis. And it was like, You're not going to have time. that. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah woo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know. And Rosberg, and there were cameras on him and everything, was just kind of sitting there sulking by himself during the champagne spraying portion of the podium ceremony. Right. So classy on his part, but just clearly so upset and done. Yeah, I think done is uh, is the right word for it. I mean, uh, it's just, you know, especially Hamilton, of course, having clinched the championship, has this huge weight lifted off his shoulders and this uh, just great feeling. He's done it, you know, like as, you know, what it means to clinch the championship. He could not even show up at the, the final races of the season and still be the champion. Um, 
but Rosberg, of course, is still in this very tight battle with with Sebastian Vettel. He's uh, you know Vettel is four points ahead in the drivers' championship, even after Rosberg's solid result today in second place. So Rosberg is sort of still in the thick of trying to you know trying to get back to second place uh, in you know what is universally regarded as the dominant car. If he comes anywhere other than second, then that's going to reflect poorly, and he's already trying to figure out next year and blah blah blah. So all this is on his mind. Meanwhile, all this celebration is being, you know, just, uh, and, and deservedly so, but being heaped on Lewis and being heaped on the team. And he's just doing, you know, you know, he's not, uh, I, I think I, I agree that he was being classy and professional in, in, in as much as he could be to say, like, I am clearly not happy about this situation because I just lost this thing. And for some reasons that I'm not happy about, um, it's not one of those things you say, oh, I had a fair fight and everything. And then he came on top. He's just like, dude, this sucks. He had this super aggressive move. And uh, the last thing, you know, of course, we're recording this right after the race, so um, not all the press releases stuff have come out, but um, the last thing is uh, uh, Rosberg saying, oh, he pushed too far. You know, it was over the line. Quite literally, Rosberg was over the line uh, on in terms of turn one, but um, that he hasn't looked back at the at the footage to really comment one way or the other, but he's not happy about it. And then, of course, on his own mistake, like we're talking about, yeah. uh, no one's going to be happy about that. So he's he he's in a totally different headspace where Lewis is just in completely in celebration mode. He's about to, you know, hang out with Elton John and whatever and go to this concert and <laughs> yeah. whatever. And uh, Virtual Statman on Twitter was reminding us of uh, Senna joining Tina Turner on stage at one point after he'd won the championship. And, like, there was a concert and he, like, shows up on stage and the whole crowd goes nuts. Oh, the parallels. So who knows, you know, what what may be happening in Austin this, uh, this evening. But um, anyway, I mean, for Rosberg, yeah, to be just um, – you know, and it was, I guess, a bit silly with Lewis, you know, tossing the hat over to him because it's like Lewis is, I'll be helpful here. I'll give Sebastian the third place hat and I'll give Rosberg a second place hat and kind of toss it over in this friendly. And he's like, dude, I am not in a friendly mood right now. So screw you. Screw your stupid hat. Right. We didn't even right. get the Stetsons this time. And uh, that would have been even worse for Rosberg if, like, the, the hat was a big cowboy Pirelli hat. And uh, he's got to stand there with his, with his, like, corporate sponsor hat on and be like, yeah, uh, cowboy hat on, you bastards. Yeah. So, yeah anyway, yeah. at least it was a normal hat. And uh, somehow Patty Lowe found the cowboy hat and he was wearing that around. But, um, yeah, it's just a totally different, you know, head game for Rosberg now. And as we know, uh, these two guys are also confirmed for next year at Mercedes. So unless anything really, really crazy happens in the offseason. Well, they both have multi-year contracts. Right. Then it's start over again next year and let's see what happens. But uh, that's where, of course, at the end of last year, Rosberg had more more pull positions and there was more kind of controversies and it was a much closer battle to the finish and all that. And Hamilton just came out on top, and then the whole momentum was, man, if, if Rosberg can just get a handle on a couple of these issues he's had, and that was my thing at the very end of last year with yeah. predicting Rosberg yeah. for the championship, um, that, uh, you know, Hamilton, yeah, he's quick, but he's also got, you know, he's got to get a handle on his emotions and all these things, but the trajectory kind of looked like it could have gone either way. But with this now clinching the championship earlier in the season and without double points, as we're saying, and all that, um, Lewis really has it, and Rosberg, you know, the way that it went down, he just, I don't know, feels like a punk or something, so... Um, he's got a lot of thinking to do. I mean, he's not a lot of time to do it because now it's, you know, on to Mexico, like we're saying, which I'm very excited about as a race. But, yeah. Um, well, yeah, it, it's, it's literally going to be Mexico in two or three days, I would yeah. imagine. And yeah, it's going to be a tough, uh, it's going to be a tough week because all the attention will be on Lewis, you know, slightly more than normal. I imagine it's oftentimes that all the intention is on Lewis. And I think, Nico can take a couple of things in solace. More and more people agree the move was at Japan or Singapore, uh, but there was an aggressive move that Lewis had right in turn one, 
Nico was on pole and Lewis just kind of pushed out of the way. And people were like, that was kind of aggressive. And now it's happened again. This was blatant here in Texas where Lewis did not have the respect, the regard you have for your teammate. You always want to beat your teammate, but you want to do it cleanly. And this was bordering on clean. And, you know, not that we saw any way. No one in the team seemed to care, at least outwardly. And Yeah, there was no stewards investigation or anything like that. Exactly. So, and there was no, you know, there was contact. I mean, we're pretty certain that there was contact. Yeah, it definitely looked like it from the onboard shots. So what Nico can take for this is like, dude, more and more people are agreeing with you that Hamilton is getting a bit aggressive here. He really, he genuinely needs to change his state of mind. He genuinely needs to take a step back and be like, okay, this is the position I'm in. This is the teammate I have. What's the best thing for me, right? Because he just seems to be taking it. It just seems like the knife just cuts deeper and deeper with every Grand Prix. And he just needs to reverse that trend. It's like, dude. You're a Formula One driver. Dude, you're married to this beautiful woman. Dude, you're a dad, I think. Isn't he a father now? Yeah, I think so. Uh, You know, dude, you've got a lot of things going. Dude, 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 don't be upset. You know what I mean? Like, it's up to him to kind of internalize that stuff and turn it around. And he will become a better driver as a result. That's the best part about all of it. Yeah, and can I just say, I am glad that there's not a steward's inquiry into that because, like, we've talked about, you know, this is this is not a, some blatant – somebody crashing into someone else in a completely unsafe way, um, in my view anyway. This is, like, there are two, two drivers, both obviously at the top of the field, top of their game, and driving aggressively, and sometimes it goes a little bit wrong, and we don't know from the from the data or if we're talking to Lewis or whatever, you know, was it was that exactly how Lewis had intended to execute that pass? Because it may not have been. It was still a wet track, and it was turn one and lap one, and – uh, intermediate tires for the first time that weekend and all that. So um, it may have been a combination of Lewis's kind of car washing out a little bit for him and, and getting over there. So I don't want to see a steward investigation of like every pass ever to determine, oh, this was bad and we should penalize this guy or penalize that guy, um, especially for this kind of thing where it says, oh, after the race, oh, 20-second time penalty. Oh, Lewis is not the world champion. You know, something like that would be super, oh, super wonky. That, yeah, that'd be disgusting. So, and then it would wait till next weekend and the next weekend probably would happen. And he goes, oh, no, we're the champion, but whatever. So I'm glad <laughs> that the stewards are saying like, especially with the teammates, you know, they still have to answer to their employers, as in Mercedes Formula One team. And if they have an internal disagreement about what is fair and what is the line and what is across the line, they can hopefully sort that out. But it's not sort of up to, you know, the teacher to get involved in a playground fight and say, oh, no, this is not safe and this is not that and whatever. It's like this is these guys are these guys are grownups and they're professionals and they should be able to sort it out between the two of them and their team and, and make it happen. So uh, I'm happy that there's not a steward's investigation into that particular one. And, uh, you know, I mean, what, what's what's what are they going to do now for the rest of the season? Of course, with Lewis having signed up, you know, or having clinched the championship, now uh, Hamilton can, uh, you know, do a solid for Rosberg and potentially help him win second place. You know, that that could come into play in some in some ways if he if Lewis lets uh, lets Rosberg around because hey, why not? Um, kind of, you know, you could go either way on that. Whether whether Lewis would do that, whether the the situation would uh, would present itself where that would be. Uh, a factor, yeah. but it's funny. I instantly see that as even more stinging. That's almost like the Schumacher Barrichello era. Yeah, where it's like, here, let me let me give you a taste. Let me hand you this thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, but if still, if that gets well, I guess it's a good question. Uh, you know, if that would still get uh, get Rosberg more points and get him ahead of Vettel, if he'd be, still but, be happier to be second place. Well, the way Rosberg gets pole again, maybe Lewis is a touch more respectable, <laughs> a touch more respected, uh, respect. Touch more um, 
but Churchmore respecting to Rosberg and uh, lets him keep first place after turn one and maybe uh, maybe isn't so aggressive. Maybe those are the types of things he could do that would be pretty much universally accepted as fair play and, uh, you know, good guy move, even if perhaps there was a possible gap. But, you know, this just gets back to, like, God, all this Senna parallels. I mean, Senna was always like, no, no, no. If you're not doing that, you're not racing. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, you're always just competing to win. That's the one and only objective. And if I have a spot, I'm going to go for it. And that's the end of it. So, ah, I don't know. It's an age-old thing. But the, it's their, their differences as drivers and their uh, their declining relationship is seeming to get deeper and creeping to be public again. And I just hope that uh, that we don't see it turn into anything more than just a good rivalry between fans. And I would say that Lewis is actually needs to take a step back and be like, okay, do I really need to be that aggressive towards my own teammate? The tiniest little thing could have happened in in the wet there and he could have wrote off both he could have written off both cars right and it's especially with all these racing incidents if it if this had happened a tiny bit differently one way or the other then something drastically different could have happened in the outcome um but uh yeah i mean i'm hoping that lewis like we said with the sort of the pressure off now uh and the championship clinched that uh yeah he can you know chill out a little bit or whatever uh you know whether that's how much consolation that is to rosberg remains to be seen but yeah um hopefully hopefully that doesn't become a really nasty relationship but i think this was this was rosberg in the moment uh, having just climbed out of the race car after this whole crazy weekend and all everything we just talked about and then you know right in that moment in the following kind of 10 minutes right after the race so over the weekend whatever you know over the next over the next week and then i guess gearing up for another grand prix right away is is probably good therapy anyway because exactly right get back to work let's go back hey here's the next one where no one's won anything yet and let's just go and do the best we can so uh, i'm hoping that it doesn't become a big festering problem and this isn't the, this isn't the last you know race for five months or anything this is uh the last race for five days <laughs> I mean, they're, they're right off to uh, you know right. with friday practice is coming up now already in, in mexico now you tell me actually did uh, the hurricane patricia do anything to hinder the Mexico City Grand Prix. I don't think so. I didn't look at it because um, they they were they were shocked at how little damage it did. As strong of a hurricane it was. Yeah, Mexico City is like seventy seven hundred feet above sea level, um, so it is way up there in the mountains. And uh, yeah, of course, weather can move around and, and do crazy things. But it's kind of the the, the geography of Mexico City and the valley that's built in. Um, and of course, the city dates back to uh, you know. Way, I don't know. What, oh, yeah. Years, I think it's but, more than 50 years old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even I mean, maybe 100 years old. No, I mean, there's, there's you know, parts of Mexico, you know, the pre-colonial stuff. I mean, there's been, a, there's been a settlement there forever. And part of that is because it's kind of between these mountain ranges and gets very little weather. It's very mild climate for what it is. Uh, for as far south as it is, it actually gets pretty chilly uh, and all that. So um, if anyone's seeing how far south it is and thinking, oh, man, it's going to be 100 degrees there, probably not. Uh, the, well, definitely. we know it's 750 miles south of Austin. Right. And we know how warm it gets in Austin. It's not supposed to be any warmer there in Mexico at all. Is that right? So, yeah, it's quite the thing. Um, so, hey, remember uh, remember Volkswagen? Oh, yeah, that's that car company that makes the uh, the nasty diesels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think they say run dirty, keep it dirty, something like that. Mm. Anyway, they were indeed with talk, in talks with uh, Red Bull. 
That yes. was a legitimate thing that was happening. It's been revealed. It's probably not going much farther now, which is what we uh, which what we basically guessed last week. Yeah, the weird thing or two weeks about you know all the fallout from this diesel emission scandal is uh, there's all these sort of unofficial reports and stuff, but you know so far VW is I'm sure just scrambling to figure out you know what legal things they have to comply with and you know kind of how this is all going to pan out with uh, with you know just. Yeah, regulatory companies and private, you know, private uh, owners of VWs and dealers and how this is all going to play out. There's so many things that they haven't really issued statements or had interviews on a lot of these things. So um, this was uh, Paul Peard sent us this link and it was Christian Thank Horner. You, um, yeah, it was Christian Horner in an interview saying, yeah, that's been publicly known. We were in talks with VW. Um, but now this seems like the last thing on their mind. Haha. And uh, even that it's not like an official this was going to happen. Now it's not. It's just kind of like, well, probably this won't happen. And he's probably right. But it's kind of interesting how informal all these things are. And, and the same thing, we, you know, we haven't heard anything uh, official about is, you know, Audi, Le Mans, is that still happening? That program for WEC for next year um, is, does this affect uh, other, you know, there's obviously, you know, even VW and Global Rallycross and World Rally and all these different things. Like, you know, we can all make guesses as to, yes, they've got this very important big whole lawsuit thing looming over their head and like, uh, you know, read these articles about any non-essential activities, but, um, you know, uh, it's, it, that's all a judgment call as to what's an essential activity and how much of this marketing budget is racing and how that's a really good point actually too. Out. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I thought, forgot about Andretti's uh, global rally cross team and that's Tanner Faust. And is it Scott speed? I think it's those yeah. two. Yeah. And yeah, so that's, uh, which I mean, sure that that seems like a cheaper program than the actual WRC team, which has actually done really, really well lately. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just it's there's a lot uh, that's you know been talked about, and we can like we said we can kind of assume oh yeah they're probably going to be tied up with other things. But it would be good to get some confirmation uh, you know one way or another, hopefully positively, where it'd say oh okay hey all these teams you know we've the diesel thing is all road cars and you know we've figured out the the budgets and the thing and hey this, these racing series are still happening or you know our, our participation in these race series is still going forward and to kind of just have some future secured because i have to imagine a lot of people that have vw backing are in that same boat of like hey i know this isn't the most important thing but this you know this wrc program is pretty important to me so how's my job looking you know there's, right, there's right, a lot right. of it that's like uh just you know to be figured out so um it's interesting though to see that uh, it was we don't know how close it was, but, you know, in discussions means, you know, doesn't, it isn't very specific about um, how far, what, you know, what the terms would have been or how far it was. Uh, the one thing they did say, this wouldn't have been for 2016 or 17, so it would have been at the earliest 2018 uh, and I'd, possibly later on. I, I thought, I, I think I read it a little differently. It wasn't going to be 2016, but it was going to be 2017 or 18. That's how I read it. Who okay. knows? Words are hard. Um, Red Bull... As things develop, it it sounds more and more like Red Bull will indeed be um, on the grid next year. That they are the uh, talk of pulling out of Formula One altogether was mostly just uh, barking, uh, not biting, and that we will see them perhaps with Renault engines, maybe even with Honda engines uh, on the grid in 2016. Well, Honda, uh, Ron Dennis confirmed that they were uh, not either. I don't know how, you know, McLaren has the the veto power, but apparently they do um, because Ron Dennis said, you know, Honda will not be supplying Red Bull next year. 
So that was, and I don't know how that's really super official, but, but yeah, Honda, but, Honda, this was a one year exclusive with McLaren. That was right. the deal. That means 2016, they would, in theory, be able to allow to supply other teams. How does McLaren have a say in that? Well, we don't know the details of these terms, but apparently, and whether that was just, you know, Ron was the first one to, you know, hear Ron the deal. pulling a Bernie and just declaring it and trying to make it so with his bully pulpit. Well, we know the, um, you know, we know it was an exclusive deal, but then I think same thing with kind of with the, the Ferrari, uh, that when, when that was in talks with, oh, could Ferrari supply Red Bull? And we've talked about, yes, Ferrari have supplied engines to other teams before, but not usually sort of a top level team or, you know, the team with the, with the, uh, likely ability to beat them. So, um, you know, no one's that, you know, as worried about supplying, you know, Marussia or even the Saubers or, uh, you know, whatever, but um, to be able to, um, you know, to say, okay, Red Bull um, is a potentially really big threat. And I guess, you know, maybe McLaren has some kind of either veto power explicitly or some kind of agreement with Honda and say, hey guys, we have stuck with you through some really tough times this year. Uh, if you, you know, let's lean on you guys a little bit and say, hey, don't give these engines to Red Bull because maybe that would look, make Honda or make McLaren look bad. Maybe it would make Red Bull, Red Bull look bad. Who knows? But either way, Ron Dennis doesn't want it to happen. And uh, he said it's not going to, which, yeah, I was, uh, you know, looking at it. The Red Bull still technically does not have an engine deal. Uh, as we've talked about, it seems like the most likely outcome is they, they you know, come back with their tail between their legs to Renault and say, please, and you give us some engine. And it's possible they may get a Renault engine that's rebadged as something else. Um, so that which is, is pointless. Which it's already kind of badged as Infinity. I mean, it's like Infinity, Red Bull, Renault. It's like got both Infinity and Red Bull. Or but here's Renault. the thing. But here's, here's the engines that exist in Formula One. Right. The Mercedes, the Ferrari, the Honda, and the Renault. Right. Those are the four. Right. So it's going to be a Renault, but if it's called something else, I don't know. Let's it's, it's, say it's the Dacia, which would be amazing. <laughs> oh, and I so want it to be the Dacia. That though. way, if... You know, the Dacia Red Bull. I, that has a ring to it well, as well. Red Bull. Infinity Red Bull Dacia, I think, would be the... Fair uh, enough. But uh, so that way, if, if uh, you know, Red Bull goes off and, you know, bad-mouthing their engine supplier, people go, man, those Dacias are, man, just, they're just, are just no good. And, uh, and then that's okay for everybody. So... Uh, yeah, well, that's still to be confirmed, uh, and it's getting pretty late in the season for... See, I want it to be something else. I want it to be, like, a Tecumseh motor or a Briggs & Stratton. You know what I mean? Like, yep, we found this great farm equipment engine. It's a lot better than people think. They're they're quite good. It's a Renault. Anyway. Uh, I mean, I, or a surprise Ford EcoBoost announcement or something. That would be amazing. Uh, well, that would be fantastic. Uh, but, mm, yeah. Harken back to the to the Jackie Stewart and Jaguar and Ford and the whole thing, man. That would be a, a whole, uh, a whole Ford. turnaround. Yeah, wouldn't that be? That'd be something. Anyway, um, so that's probably not going to happen. And but yeah, it's, it's just you know a bit like WW stuff. It's like we haven't got any confirmation one way or another. It's like you know we've heard Ferrari is not going to do it, and I think that's probably probably true. But it's not you know it's it's not impossible. We could see an announcement tomorrow where it says, oh, actually we've reached agree- an agreement. James Irvine, yeah, so and so. You know, yeah. this, the way these things are until it's uh, until we actually see something announced, and really until they turn up on the grid uh, at the first test, uh, or let alone the first race. Uh, you know, things things have been announced and then changed in the past in the off season. So that's exactly right. Well, and even if they don't show up at tests, we know that that's not the end. Reed Manor, hmm. but uh, Ferrari will be supplying engines and quite a lot of other things to uh, the new team that's going to start next year, Haas F1. Um, we learned over the weekend that Haas will announce their second driver Friday, this coming Friday, uh, uh, leading up to the Mexican Grand Prix. It is going to be one of the Ferrari development drivers, which pretty much means Esteban Gutierrez or Jean-Éric Verne. Yeah, and I think the most likely uh, candidate there would be uh, Gutierrez. Uh, partly it's being announced in Mexico, and that's cool. Exactly. Um, of course, Alexander Rossi's name has been thrown around. Um, 
and as being an American, never say, oh, you should hire an American, and that's great, and well, not whatever. a but, Ferrari development driver. Um, but yeah, it's uh, that that would be a very outside uh, chance, and um, yeah, so I think uh, I would be excited to see Gutierrez, um, you know, back in the car and uh, or in a new car, entirely new car, um, and basically, I think. You know, we're excited to see Haas as a real uh, U.S.-based Formula One team which, uh, come out and do their thing. Which they are more and more showing that that's exactly what they are. This is not like, oh, we're going to do it differently by not actually showing up at all, a la U.S. F1 back and in the day. And it's not like, you know, Marussia being a Russian team where it's like, yeah, Russian, they're very much Russian. Hmm. Sure, exactly right. Or Red Bull being Austrian, for that matter. And I want to add, guy, uh, uh, Rossi fans, don't fret. He's been doing well in the Manor car. It, every single time he's raced, he's outperformed Will Stevens, his teammate, when he's in the car. And if he can turn that into a seat, full-time seat next year, it'll be in a much more competitive, almost certainly, Manor F1 team. It's going to have technical support from Williams, and it's going to have a Mercedes engine. That could be a potentially strong team, or at least much stronger than it is now. And if that's if that's Rossi's fate, that's not a bad fate at all. And I'll even add that it's even sweeter for an American F1 driver to make it into a non-American team. In fact, a thoroughly English team. Gosh, even the name Manor is so very English. So, I don't know. I don't see that potential as a negative that Rossi doesn't get the Haas seat. Right, and it's... Uh... Either way, I mean, we're excited to see the American team. We're excited to see the American driver. And uh, we were so close to Rossi even getting a point today uh, when he was in 11th place. And then Alonso's engine started oh, failing. I but then, then Ricardo, you know, his, his car seemed off the pace. But then he, he pitted and came back and passed these guys. And, and, of course, it was not quite to be. But that would have meant that all 10 teams would have gotten a point. And the fact that it would have been Rossi in his home Grand Prix, uh, which is his first USGP for Formula One. Like, it would, it would have been really sweet. Um, it, he actually ended up 12th, which is still a very, very good result to in all the chaos that was going on around him to keep the car clean, keep it running, keep it reliable. And, of course, his uh, his teammate, Will Stevens, was the first to retire. And I'm sure we know why. Uh, some kind of problem with the car, presumably, because it wasn't a crash. Well, but, uh, it is. I mean, Rossi and Will Stevens did actually bump into each other, and that was indirectly a result of Massa hitting... Alonzo, I believe it was, oh, uh, right, right, very, right. at the very beginning of the race. And maybe maybe that was related. That See, Rossi's even good at crashing. Look at that. He's good at everything, man. He's a great, well-rounded driver. He's going to have five Grand Prix worth of experience. In the three Grand Prix he's won, he's beat his teammate every time. Hire him. Somebody hire him. Yeah, what else What else can you do to prove yourself and outperform your teammate every single time you've raced? Um, another honorable mention I want to talk about for today's race is youngster Max Verstappen. Um, just barely was off the podium today. He was in Fourth third place. spot um, right up until the very end when, uh, when that restart with Vettel. And he was like, I'm not really going to hold Vettel back because he went for a, a, a long run tire strategy. Um, but was able to make it work. Uh, and again, you know, being able to... Uh, Keep it clean throughout all the battles that were happening throughout the uh, throughout the race today. Um, another fourth place finish and uh, outperforming the Red Bulls in this case. So uh, well done to the STR driver. Brilliant, brilliantly done. Yeah, he's 18 now, so now he's mature and uh, job done. No, seriously though, he, this is his second fourth place finish this season. He beat both Red Bulls. He he beat Carlos Sainz, who also uh, Carlos Sainz Jr., who also performed very well. Max. Just had a fantastic race. These were dynamic and diabolical conditions, and 
you'd think if anyone's going to come off, it'd be the young whippersnapper. Doesn't know what he's doing. Hasn't doesn't have the experience to get around. Uh, no, not the not at all. He was he was quite good. He was clean. He was impressive. Really, if you think anyone's going to crash, you're going to think Pastor Maldonado. But that dude made it through the race unscathed. Totally With clean. All the Everything was fine. Was happening. Uh, so well done, Max. Well done, Pastor. I mean, we might as well uh, mention. And uh, there was a fun moment uh, during qualifying, during the, one of the delays in qualifying, when it turned out um, both Carlos Sainz's dad, Carlos Sainz Sr., and Max Verstappen's dad, Jas Verstappen, w- were around in the pits and hanging out. So they put on race suits and helmets and got into their son's cars, and there was a big photo op for that. Um, so, photo op. Which, was, you know, that's kind of cool, right? Yeah. It's the no, father it's and son and the whole thing, and, you know, they might as well do something fun for the for the fans and for, you know, something to have on TV because, uh, yeah, all the broadcasters were having a, having a hard time sort of, oh, let's fill this dead air and let's see if, if qualifying's going to happen today. And then it kept getting delayed and kept getting delayed and then didn't happen so um to have some fun stuff was was always cool okay finally we got through all the malarkey all the unimportant stuff yay world champion yay raceman or whatever jensen button finished sixth jensen button in the mclaren honda raced brilliantly and finished sixth jensen button got eight points jensen button did a fantastic job good for jensen button go jensen button go mclaren well, that he was helped to that sixth place because Carlos Sainz Jr. Um, had a penalty, a five-second penalty. So really, you know, he on his merits finished seventh. But no, fair still, enough to get fair sixth, enough. to get points, and uh, and to do well, and to outperform Alonso, um, who had the newer spec engine, which was working pretty darn well, and who's in fifth place um, until it had picked up a vibration, which is not usually a thing you want in an engine. And Alonso was quick to be like, "Hey, we retire now." It's like, and they're like, no, we're still getting points. And he's like, okay, okay, but as soon as we're out of the points, then then we retire? <laughs> just just completely uninterested. It was yeah. kind of shocking. But you're right. I mean, Jensen, considering everything, considering the conditions, he did a great job. You're right, seventh in merit. And, of course, there were also a lot of uh, front-running guys that ended up getting out of the race. Uh, Nico Hulkenberg, who was definitely towards the front. Obviously, Kimi Raikkonen and... Uh, 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 Botas, yeah, and Ricardo being pushed back there, and all exactly. Yeah, there was plenty, plenty of, of retirements and but plenty even, of craziness. Yeah, even ahead of a lot of that going on, Jensen was holding his own in the points, even when it was a more complete grid. And obviously, Jensen was doing quite well to uh, to stay out of trouble throughout all these things. And sure. he was in he was in plenty of battles. In that, you know, second tier of uh, driving, you know, between fifth and tenth, there was a lot of close racing going on. Really nice, nice watch stuff. And Jensen was aggressive, yet kept it clean. So I just, you know, I'm quite happy to see him get a strong uh, batch of points and do a fantastic job. Yeah, it's uh, always good. So that does put uh, Button ahead of Alonso in points in the championship. So finally, you gotta you gotta dig that. I very much so dig that. And uh, of course, you know Mexico coming up is a, is an unknown because it's a it's a revised uh, heavily revised track since uh, since the Grand Prix were there in 1992. Uh, and uh, not that you know those cars or drivers have anything to do with today's cars and drivers anyway. So whole basically brand new track, and uh, we'll see how how it suits everyone. But I do know it's a very very long front straightaway, um, which means. Lots of, uh, you know, it's sort of a horsepower track, um, but then, then it does go into uh, some pretty twisty bits and through the, you know, through a baseball stadium and all that kind of stuff. So it uh, should be interesting. And, I you know, I'm not thinking unless it's raining, which I think is very unlikely. Just looking at the forecast, looks like it should be uh, very nice weather for the Mexican Grand Prix. Um, probably a more typical race, and I'm thinking probably the McLaren's not doing quite so well. But, hey, uh, you know, as we've, saw, as we've seen this weekend, uh, you never know what's going to happen. And uh, it's always, you know, interesting to, uh, to watch and, and follow on and see what's going on. 
Um, interestingly, Lewis uh, has said basically his goal with his career was to match Ayrton Senna's three world championships. So he's like, I have no new targets. I have no new goals. I'm done. Like, not that he's done, but that like, he's like, um, yeah, anything else is gravy, which is kind of one of those funny things. It's like, you know, it's like talking to Rosberg last weekend and it's like, I'm not really thinking about the championship. I'm thinking about just doing my best and blah, blah, blah. It's like, really though? Right. You're not thinking of really. So right. it's like for Lewis, it's like, okay, so you have no more goals. Really? <laughs> I mean, Lewis has no more goals right now, but give him time and he will be like, gosh, you know what? If I won as many championships as Elaine Prost, that would be kind of in honor of Senna because Senna and Prost didn't get along so super well. So that would be an honor of Senna to get that fourth championship. And then if he gets like you know five or six, he's like, like, you know what? There's that other guy. I was reading this book. There's this dude. Time. There's this Argentine guy called Fangio. Really, really fascinating dude. Actually, did you know about him? He actually won five. It'd be sweet to match him. And then on and on. Okay, and on. so this you think this is a moving target? And uh, yeah, I I read absolutely zero into that because otherwise you could say, oh man, you know Rosberg is going to be super fired up for next year, and he's in Lewis is like, meh, I could win it, or I could not, I don't care. And then you'd think, okay, well Rosberg would then go and dominate twenty sixteen, but you're not thinking that's going to be the case. No? I am not. Oh. You were correct Ooh, in that. Really I am not, and I am also hopeful that there's going to be enough shakeup in the rules and enough people trying hard that. May- Excuse me, maybe, just maybe, Mercedes isn't the go-to dominant team. I'm optimistic for that. Yeah, Ferrari keeps moving forward. Who knows, man? Manners right up there with the Mercedes engines. Williams could have a, you know, Williams could have another push up to the front. They kind of stagnated this year compared to last, but stagnated at a pretty high level. Right. Well, they could be pretty strong in Mexico, actually, based on what we just uh, just spoke about. Um, do you want to talk predictions? Are you ready to uh, to move to that phase of the show? Is there anything else you want to wrap up about this particular weekend? I think that you're right. It's time to predict everyone's future. Wow. That, that expanded the scope of our predictions slightly. <laughs> uh, I was going to talk specifically about the predictions app as part of our Facebook page, which uh, lots and lots of people have been taking part in, which is super cool for us to see. So... Damien is a the name we gave the super simple statistical heuristic model spreadsheet device um, who always thinks that whatever happened last time is going to happen again next time. For who's on pole position, who's going to win. Like a simple spreadsheet would, Damien predicted Rossberg was going to be on poles again and that Hamilton would win again. And lo and behold, Damien was correct and was more accurate than lots and lots of humans. And that means that uh, Wes, uh, our one-and-done predictor at the beginning of the season, was correct twice in a row now. Right. So 16 folks uh, correctly predicted that Rosberg would be on pole and Hamilton would win for a score of zero points. Well done to those folks. Um, you and I and like 120 of our friends score, uh, tied for 17th place uh, with a one-point prediction. Of course, many, many, many of them are Hamilton-Hamilton predictions. Um, but similarly, uh, a Rosberg-Rosberg prediction was also worth one point. So uh, we had a handful of those folks in there as well. Um, then, of course, a couple of Hamilton-Rosbergs and blah, 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 blah. Down the order, though. Um, fr- Will Carver, once time, again, was show. in the back. Wait, what? Will Carver was not, the not, case. not dead last because that's the, that's, he's got the consistent button-button prediction. Worth 15 points today, which is not as many as it has been in the past, but was ahead of several folks, including the Hamilton-Raikkonen uh, 
prediction, Rosberg, Massa, and Rosberg, Botas. Because, of course, of the early retirements for Botas, Raikkonen, and Massa, uh, those are all, you know, reasonable predictions for the win. Um, but well, and uh, uh, Brian Hoover, who had uh, Stevens, Stevens, that actually was not a great one either, as you can imagine. 37 points. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what... What Brian's got going there. But either way, so this, uh, you know, puts a little weight behind the whole button is great uh, thought that you've had for a while. That, uh, yeah, <laughs> Will Carver's prediction uh, actually did pretty well. I think the best result, yeah, best result of Will Carver's uh, season so far. So well done, Button, and by extension, well done, Will. But that is for the USGP, um, and I don't, I, mean, I don't think we moved around in the whole grand scheme of things enough to be uh, Well, I'm yet. now, you, I'm now 72nd. I'm 30th. I had no change in points. And uh, Damien is 60th. And so Nils Erlemo still number one with uh, 34 points. So yeah, no one else. Which is not a lot of points. Which we is, are only three Grand Prix left. And there is a 24-way tie for second place. So if any one of those 25, 24 people had predicted uh, Rosberg Hamilton, they would have tied him for first. So well, well done to uh, to maintain that lead. That's uh, that's tight goings there. And then I am I have 37 points, but I'm back in 30th place. So anyway, it's a very tight championship here. No, no one has clinched anything in the Fun With Cars Predictions Championship. <laughs> That's right. This one goes down to the wire. So I think Will Carver is probably mathematically out of it, but otherwise... Well, there's a couple of folks that are mathematically out. That is correct. But the vast majority of uh, contenders are very much still within it. I have made my prediction. Okay. My prediction is not Lewis Hamilton on pole and is not Lewis Hamilton to win the race. Well, obviously, he has no more targets. He has no aim in his life anymore. Yeah, so yeah, How is he yeah. even going to drive fast? He's now the emo kid of Formula 1. I think that with the form we've seen and with the pressure and energy that's been built up and with the fact that this is a new, unknown, blah, 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 that Sebastian Vettel is going to come through to be on pole and win the race. Ooh, pole and to victory. Wow. Yes. I'm going clean Ferrari, clean Vettel. I am, I will say, after this event, losing a tiny touch of faith in Raikkonen. Desperately wanting him to do well, but this was not the best performance, I have to say. Right. Um, nor arguably was his previous performance in Russia. So there's that. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, man, I was seeing, I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking maybe, maybe Rosberg is going to have this renewed sense of focus and sense of how to throw hats at people, and he's just really going to dominate <laughs> uh, and come out strong in, in Mexico. Yes. But man, as far as like you know, getting up to speed at a new track and uh, a new surface and, and taking it and owning it, I, I'm sticking with Lewis. Uh, I realize that's kind of a boring thing, but uh, as much as it'd be fun to put Rossi Rossi, I think that's probably unlikely. So well, I'm sticking with Lewis. Let me let me say something. Sorry. You're probably right. Well, but there you, go. you know, I just you know, I want to, yeah, I want to see something happen, and I think, I think Vettel's going to be there. All right. Well, I think Hamilton will, uh, even though he's aimless now in his life and doesn't know what he's doing or where he's going in, in the world, I think he will still be very fast at driving around a street circuit in Mexico. So. Uh, just one week until uh, you should hear from us again. Uh, it's a very busy week for me, uh, traveling around and uh, doing some stuff for work. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can get back at a timely fashion to uh, watching and live tweeting as we did today and uh, and podcasting for the Mexican Grand Prix. But definitely stay tuned to funwithcars.com where you can see all the shows. You can see all the links to the uh, stories we talk about and uh, the predictions game and all that kind of stuff. It's probably a little bit late in the season to start the predictions game now, but not too late. 
to not too early to start for 2016. So uh, if you haven't checked that out and you're, uh, you want to you see what we're talking about, definitely just go to funwithcars.com and uh, you can click on the predictions and that'll take you to our Facebook page. There's links to our stuff on Twitter as well, hashtag FWCars. So thank you as always for folks sending us email. That's feedback at funwithcars.com. And for those people sharing data, uh, sharing stuff with us on Facebook and especially, uh, you know, live tweeting on the hashtag FWCars today it was a lot of fun. And uh, people from all manner of time zones, um, you know, this was this was a tough one. Like the the uh, American races for like Australia, it was like 6 a.m. Monday yeah. Yeah. in Australia. Yes. And uh, that's that's tough. So uh, well done to uh, to the folks in Oz carrying, uh, you know, following along. And uh, certainly for us here in the States, uh, it's excellent. So. Thank you, as always, for listening. Till next week, I am Jim Lau, and I'm Ron Warner. Also, I want to make a point. We have a we we have linked in our show notes. We have a small video of the hat throwing incident uh, between Rosberg and Hamilton. So there is a very specific reason to come and check out our show notes if you have a mind to. Also, taste of the race, something we kind of do hit and miss a little bit. We admit, but. Mexican Grand Prix, enchiladas, quesadilla, burritos, tacos. Oh, so many great, wonderful things that can make Taste of the Race. This is the event of the year as far as Taste of the Race Ooh, is concerned. Even more so than fish and chips. Even more so than wow. fish and chis- chips. That's what We haven't had a Mexican Grand Prix in the past. We've done paella for the Spanish Grand Prix, but come on. That's not the same thing. It's a whole other country. Go, it's a whole other country. We need guacamole salad. We need... Uh, proper tacos on proper corn shells, al pastor, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I hope by shell you don't mean crunchy taco because a crunchy taco is not a proper taco, in my opinion. This, I didn't say, did I? Well, say? shell. I mean, shell kind of implies hard. Taco. Right, you said corn shell. Okay. This is a small so corn just a shell tortilla, thing. We're talking yeah. soft taco. Yeah. The, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, with, no, a, with a little bit of lime. I thought we were about thing. to have to rumble yeah. for a second. <laughs> <laughs> this was about to get serious. That is still Jim Lau. I'm still Ron Warner. Have a great week. We'll see you in a week.